Welcome to the Bookwifery Podcast, a weekly podcast that helps you birth your book, your voice, and your audience through discernment, companionship, and guidance. I'm Christiane Squires, the founder of Bookwifery, and my mission is to help you birth books that heal the world with light. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bookwifery Podcast. This is episode 26, and we are going to talk today about what to do when you're not yet pregnant with a book. So spend most of our time here on the Bookwifery Podcast, supporting you in your book pregnancy if you are pregnant and you're learning how to navigate the process, things that you're thinking about, things that you're feeling. But maybe you're kind of coming up to the question of book pregnancy, and you're just like, I don't think I'm pregnant yet, or if I if I'm going to be, yeah, yeah, it's either like I don't know if I'm pregnant, or am I going to be pregnant, or like I think I am or will be, but it's like not time right now. So <laughs> we're gonna kind of unpack that place um, that you might be sitting in, if that speaks to you, and talk about what are some practical things that you can be doing in each of the. Um, situations you might find yourself in if that's you. So I've identified three situations that can come up for this where you're not yet pregnant with a book and we're going to look at each of them, kind of understand what might be going on in each of those places, and then give you some practical things you can do now to continue to sit inside and hold the questions that are present in that particular situation usually. So That's what we're going to talk about today, but first I want to give you some updates on some fun things that are happening at Bookwifery that you may or may not have heard about yet. If you have heard about them, just want to remind you about them in case they are of interest to you. If you haven't heard about them, I would love for you to celebrate with us what's happening here. So the first is that uh, Bookwifery got a website facelift, brand new website that... um, got built out and I'm really pleased with it. So that went live um, a week or two ago. So if you go to bookwifery.com, you'll see the new the new home for Bookwifery there, and it's really beautiful. I'm very pleased with it. Um, the other thing that's really cool that came alongside launching the new website is I came up with this nifty tool that I put together called a book pregnancy test. And it basically is um, a five-minute quiz thingy that you can go through really quickly on your computer or on your phone that asks you um, nine, the kind of the standard nine questions I usually love to bring someone through if they are discerning if they're pregnant with a book. So put those into a quick five minute quiz that you can fill out or a book pregnancy test. Um, And when you fill that out, if you put your email address in, it will email you your responses, but also you will then receive an interpretive guide that I created for kind of helping you understand your answers to that book pregnancy test. So that kind of takes you into deeper into the discernment of like, okay, I, I answered these nine questions, kind of got a sense of what's here for me. But now I have this guide that I have to say is very beautiful, um, that can help you unpack each of those questions. So, you know, think more deeply about the question, the ways that you answered those questions. So go to bookwifery.com the, on the homepage. There's a lot of little notes, places where you can take the book pregnancy test. I'll also put a link to the pregnancy test in the show notes. Um, And then you will um, receive the interpretive guide after you take the test and it can help you um, further know if you are pregnant with a book. So if you're in that place of not knowing, that would be a great place to go first. Um, The other thing I want to share with you, well, there's two more things. Um, We are 
getting enrollment going for the January um, offering of my four-week book pregnancy planning course that is basically that, you know, intro to book pregnancy experience, what to expect when you're expecting a book. Um, And it starts January 7th. Enrollment is open now. Would love to invite you to join us if that that is something you've been wanting to get started on. That is the first place you start here at Bookwifery for journeying through your book pregnancy. Everybody starts at that four-week intro book pregnancy planning course. It gives you a solid foundation for what to expect as you're expecting a book. And then from there, you travel into the first second and third trimesters of book pregnancy into delivery and the postnatal experience. So, you know, it's like that four week course is the starting point for everybody. And our next group is going to be starting beginning of January, January 7th, but enrollment is open now. And one of the things I love about this is, you know, it's Christmas time. You're a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking about purchasing courses and like getting going on anything that's going to start in January yet. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Want you to know that. But also um, something special that's included with enrollment whenever you sign up. So if you sign up today um, or if you sign up, you know, at the end of December or whatever, you immediately get access into Another really special thing that's happening at Bookwifery right now, which is the launch of the Bookwifery Collective. So the Bookwifery Collective is a special online gathering space that's been created for all Bookwifery authors, no matter what stage or trimester of book pregnancy they're in. So there's this gorgeous gathering of of authors, fledgling authors, and some authors who are already, you know, going into their second books and beyond that are in there. And, you know, there's such a sense in which everyone can support each other and learn from each other. And not only is there a community component there that you get to experience, but there's also these rituals and rhythms that have been built into the collective that allow us to do some things regularly together as a group, um, which you can dip in and out of as as you're able or as you have interest. But things like uh, every month um, we do an interview, a coaching interview with a member of the collective where they get to share their experience of coming to book pregnancy and what they're working on and what they're learning and discerning through the process, do a little bit of coaching around something that they're working through that allows other members of the collective to kind of learn from as well. Um, We also do a monthly soul tending group group um, session where everybody gets on the screen together and I'll walk you through some like centering and guided meditation and then do some group sharing around what came up and it's a way to support your soul as you are as you are attending to your book. Um, we also every month do a live workshop around some kind of skill usually related to um, developing and cultivating your audience. So for instance, next week I'm giving a live workshop on Instagram basics, which I'm super excited about about and have had a lot of people already raise their hand and say they're going to be there inside the collective because it's a topic that so many of us are interested in, which is Instagram and how to get going on that in an intentional and well-defined way. So these are the kinds of things that are happening inside the collective every month. And there's also weekly Q&As. I'm getting ready to do our first live Q&A today as I'm, after I record this. Um, but there's just all kinds of support ongoing inside the collective for you as a bookwifery author, in addition to the actual course material that you would start in January if you sign up for the four-week course. So signing up for the four-week course is kind of like your ticket to entry for the Bookwifery Collective, and you get to join now for that if you sign up for the course that doesn't start till January. So want to welcome you to do that if that feels like a good fit for you. Bookwifery.com slash expecting is where you go to learn more and to enroll, and I will put the link for that in the show notes as well. So yeah, new website, 
book pregnancy test, an interpretive guide for the pregnancy test, the four-week course is enrolling for January, and the Book Whiffery Collective is alive and getting started. So it's really exciting time right now. All right, ending 2018 with a bang. <laughs> so, okay, today we're going to talk, like I said, about what to do when you're not yet pregnant with a book. So want this to be a um, both a nurturing experience for you to listen to and a practical, like, give me something to do <laughs> um, experience for you if this is where you are. So these are the three situations where this I see this come up for folks. Number one, you might be longing to write a book just generally. You know, you maybe have carried that longing to write a book since childhood. You know, you really want to write a book at some point in your life, but you don't have a specific book in mind or in gestation right now. So there's this like place where you have this like fullness of longing, but there's not something specific that's actually wanting to be developed right now. So we're going to talk about that, kind of unpack that experience and what you can do if that's where you are right now. Um, second experience that we're going to unpack in this episode is when you have a book idea, you know a book is there, you are clear that it's it's wants to be born through you, but it's not the season in life right now for you to write it. And so there's almost like this, um, a different kind of longing. It's like, I know what it is that I want to be working on. I know what's there that's ready to be formed or wants to be formed, wants to be, wants the time to be ready. But I know that right now in life, I just don't have the space or capacity to fold that in. And so I have to tend to other things right now. So that's a very different kind of experience than the first one I named. We're going to look a little bit deeper at that as well. And then the third situation is, when you know a book is coming down the line, you can see it up there, up ahead, <laughs> but you know that right now is not the time to do it for a different reason. And that's because you know that you have more prep work to do. So maybe it's that you're, you have, you know that you need more experience in your field or your area of expertise, or you're not yet an expert in your area of expertise yet. Um, you're just getting into this particular area. And so you know that you have more growing and learning and development development and authority to gain in your area that you want to be writing about at some point. Um, or you have been working in the, this area, but you also know that there's a lot more work that you need to do, maybe developing your platform or cultivating your audience. And you're aware that if you tried to birth a book right now, it might not be um, it might not um, it might not be a very successful pregnancy or delivery because there might not be people there to receive it or a publisher might not be um, as keen to help you bring it into the world because they won't yet see enough evidence that there's an audience waiting for it. So that might be a different thing where you know a book is coming, you can feel it, you sense it, but you have other work to do in the meantime that, that make it so that it's not time yet. So we're going to unpack each of these and give you, again, some practical things you can do. Okay. So if you are longing to write a book generally, but you don't yet have a specific book in mind, the place I want to start with you is for you to invite you to pay attention to the desire itself. Um... A lot of times we experience desires in our life, whether it's around book pregnancy or other other things, um, we kind of have a felt experience of that in these chance moments of life. We're going about our day and we're kind of washed over with this like longing or this 
sense of like poignancy or um, desire. And it's like we're carrying it with us in the grocery store or as we drive along or, you know, walking about our day um, in conversation with someone. And it's just like, oh, we're reminded of that longing. And um, but I don't know how often we take the time to sit and notice that longing and be with it and see what it has to say to us. And so that's what I would want to invite for you if that's the place you find yourself. You have a longing to write. You don't have a particular concept right now. So the first place is to pay attention to the desire, to sit with it, to actually let it speak to you. So sit quietly and and tap into that longing and that desire and say, what is this saying to me? Like, what is it trying to communicate to me? And so I'm going to share some examples of the kinds of things that might come up as you listen to that desire. And I may not name what comes up for you if you were to do this, but I just want to give some examples. Um, So maybe if you, as you sit with that desire, it is, you notice that it's a longing to write, to creatively express yourself in writing. And what can be exciting about that is that you don't have to necessarily have a book idea in mind yet to start satisfying that longing. You can start writing immediately. (laughs) You can start creatively expressing yourself in so many ways, and it doesn't have to be tied to a particular project yet. It can be kind of like a playground for you or a sandbox or a um, experimental laboratory, uh, whatever image works for you. Um, So noticing like, is this about a longing to write? And could you possibly get started in other ways right now? Uh, Maybe it has to do with doing morning pages every day or starting a blog and doing that consistently. Um, working on your writing through your Instagram posts and what you put in the captions and letting that be an exercise for you. So, you know, just noticing if it's a longing to write, how might you begin to satisfy that longing in a way that doesn't have to force it to be a book, but can still let you creatively express, use your words, practice writing in other ways. So that's, that's one response to that. Maybe when you sit with that desire and you listen for what it's speaking to you, you hear it saying um, that you long to be known or heard and that the writing for you, that writing of a book symbolizes for you um, having a voice, having something to say, um, having other people like take the time to read and therefore learn you and your heart and give you attention in a in a way that is like mindful and attentive and caring. Um, and so that's a that's really good information as well. Um, that you can then say, okay, so clearly this this book concept, this book longing, you know, is symbolic for me, possibly of wanting to write a book. Yes, like I'm not taking that off the table. But in addition to that, I now have some new knowledge. And it's that I'm really longing to be heard and seen and known and loved by others. And that is a that is something that also can be tended to and given attention and um, and also be satisfied in other ways than knowing that there's a specific book you have to write. And so um, with this example, yet again, we see that there's an opportunity here for that desire to be to be touched and to be given some love <laughs> by you and by others that you might bring um, 
yourself into relationship with in order to be known and heard and loved and seen. And so um, just kind of broadening it out beyond just the written experience as being a way that that can happen for you. But are there other ways that you might find to be known and, and seen and heard? And then a third thing I think of that can come up when you sit and you listen to that longing to write, that desire to write a book, is that um, perhaps you'll notice that you it's 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 telling you that you have a longing to have a specific topic, to have a specific thing that is wanting to come through you, that is specifically your words, your work, your message, your life, and um, and that maybe this um, kind of nebulous place or ambiguous place where there isn't a clarity around a specific topic for a book yet is really representative for you that like you haven't found your work yet. Um, or, and that you long that for that, that maybe really what you're longing for is I want something to give myself my life to, and I want to be able to like get to the point where I can express that to the world. But even right now, it's like, I want to find what is my thing to really invest my life into and to be responsive to. And so with if that's the case, then I have a couple um, exercises for you that you might spend some time with. Um, the first is to pay attention to what brings you alive in joy. So what I'm offering you with these couple little exercises here is going to be some ways in which you might begin to notice the invitation for you to give yourself to something or multiple things, but, you know, to, to start to get a sense of like, what are the things that you would love to be grounding your life in and offering some sense of foundation, meaning and purpose. So the first is to pay attention to what brings you alive in joy. So noticing either in the moment as you're going about your life, noticing those moments of coming alive in joy and saying, okay, there's something about this moment that is like, sparking me up and I want to pay attention to this and maybe I'll take this to my journal and I'll I'll make a note of it and maybe spend some time like reflecting on what is it about that that opened me up so much or maybe instead of waiting for an experience of it in the moment you could spend some time right now or take a quiet moment at some point and do some reflecting back on like where have I experienced that and identify some places and begin to ruminate over those and say, what was it about those experiences that really sparked me open with joy? Another question you might sit with here is pay attention to what brings you alive in anger. Anger can be a very productive emotion because it indicates something that we care a lot about. I mean, you have to care about something a lot to respond in anger. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of like a little blip on, you know, or kind of a shrug of the shoulders if something happens. But if something makes you angry, there's a seed of something in there that really matters to you and has a lot of energy around it. And it may be, you know, an indication of some area of work or healing that that is needing some tending from, from you. But it could also be an indication of values and, um, you know, what's significant to you, what matters to you about how the world should be. And so paying attention to that and saying, is there an invitation in my anger to learn more about what I might be giving myself over to in my life, in, in, in the work of my life, in the, <clears throat> in the offering of my life for the benefit of the world? What is my part, perhaps, to play in all of that? And then thirdly is pay attention to what brings you alive with longing or melancholy. 
So um, this one I like because the longing and the melancholy that we can sometimes fall into, again, it's like... It's like this this whole situation that we're talking about here is, you know, looking at the longing to write a book generally, but there's not something specific yet to be born. You know, that is a, a type of melancholy for many of us. Um, and so, you know, when you are in other situations of your life where you notice the melancholy descending or the something washing over you that's a longing or a sadness, to give yourself some space to to notice it and to listen to that. What is the melancholy saying? Is it a longing to be known? Is it a longing for creativity? Is it a longing for some kind of belonging? Is I don't know. I'm kind of giving some relational um, <laughs> suggestions here, but it doesn't have to be that. Um, so again, all of these things can potentially be um, indicators of invitations for us personally to work on something, to grow toward healing and wholeness um, in our lives, but they can also be indicators of potential seeds of growth for us in the offering of our lives to the world. And so, and, and a lot of times those go hand in hand, right? Um, when we go through a significant season of healing around a particular thing that's been very hard for us personally, that often becomes the springboard for us wanting to help others in that same area that they might be struggling in because we've been there, we know, we've worked through it, we've learned a lot, and we can come alongside. And so, so yeah, there, these can these these all can kind of circle around each other and and indicate either inner work that we might need to be doing right now, or um, and or um, ways in which we might start to move toward being of service in the world. So that's kind of my my offerings to you if you are in that first situation of longing to write a book generally, but don't yet have a specific book in mind. So pay attention to those desires, see what it's speaking to you, and then kind of go deeper with what it's speaking and kind of unpack the layers of that. I also want to recommend to you, and I'll put this in the show notes as well, episode number 11 of the Book Whiffery podcast, I talk about six questions to clarify your life's work. That might be helpful to you. You might find that an additional helpful companion for this place that you might be finding yourself. Okay. Um, Oh, and I want to add this. (laughs) Hello, this is really important. (laughs) Um, Just that when you're in this place, you can also invite the you know, presence of the holy, your experience of God to come into this place through prayer and be asking. what it is that you long for, to be asking for what you need, uh, to be naming what you desire in God's presence and allowing the holy to be a present and active part of this process for you and trusting that, 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 that sacred presence is there, is with you, is listening, is seeing, and, and is working in your life to bring about what, what is, is, has the potential to be in you and through you. Okay, moving into the second situation when you have a book, but it's not the season of life to be writing it yet and just want to name the reality of how hard this is because it's almost like you feel pregnant because there is something that you know wants to be born in you. It's like, you know, (laughs) it's there. You can see it. You can almost see the shape of it. You know a lot about it. It's sitting there kind of like in the corner of your eyes vision. Um, 
but you can't turn toward it. You can't tend to it. Um, You can't help it grow and take greater shape and form and structure and become a real and living thing yet. This is so hard. Um, It's also really beautiful because it means that something has grown in you for a really long time to to even bring you to the point of having something that wants to come in a, in a particular shape of a book through you. So I think it's such a great indicator of like all the years that have come before that made you the kind of person who would have something to bring in addition to what you've already brought that would come in the form of a book. So I just want to kind of um, name the reality of the difficulty of this place Um and that it this is a this is a space that requires so much patience because you have to continue being with what is and it also i think requires so much trust that this time right now that you are experiencing that is needing your attention in a way that doesn't allow room for the book that this time right now is important it's necessary it's valuable in its own for its own sake like whatever it is that's taking the attention of your life right now that needs that attention is clearly valuable. Um, that that it would ask that much attention from you right now. I also sometimes see the ways in which, either in known or unknown ways, this waiting place is also somehow useful eventually for what wants to be born. So that it's like contributing to that whole um, in ways you may not be able to see, um, or maybe there are ways that you can see. But, um, and and it may not be that that's the case. I just want to name that sometimes that happens too, where this is an essential time, not just for what it's for, you know, what it is that's asking and needing your attention, but also possibly it's an essential time for what the book is going to become eventually too. Um, So I think that another thing that this invites of you when you're in this place, uh, when it comes to the trust um, that it, that the book will still be there when the time comes. I think that's, that's something that can become difficult in this place is like, what if I lose it? Um, maybe you're aware of, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, where she talks about how ideas are these living things that float from person to person looking for someone to bring them to life. And if they come and if an idea comes and rests in your space for a while waiting for your attention. If you wait too long, it can move on to someone else. I think that is a really fascinating idea. It can also be terrifying for someone in your place where you're like, I have some idea and I can't tend to it. And so what if it leaves? Um, And so I think what I would love um, to invite you into more in this space is spending time with these questions that it's raising for you. Um, noticing and renaming to yourself what it is that's that is valuable right now that's needing your attention um remembering um being with the truth of what's important to you right now what what is valuable about this time um being with with the truth of the difficulty of this too um but also working some with working somewhat with this trust piece um can like what does this invitation to trust bring up for you? Is it possible that some of the work right now, some of the inner work for you in this season is this working with the trust question, trusting that um, this season matters, that what is happening right here is is necessary, and also 
like this trust piece around what will happen to the book if I don't tend to it? Is it possible that it will go away? Is it possible that it will still be there when I'm finished with this season and ready to turn to the book? And I can't answer that question for you, what will happen, but I can tell you my deep trust in the trust. (laughs) Because if the book does move on, um, I don't know that it's because you gave it up and didn't get to it soon enough. And I I just, that whole idea, I just have a distaste for. Um, What does resonate for me is that something in you shifted in the season when you couldn't tend to it that may be indicating a different kind of invitation and attention for you from you when you get there. So if you get to the end of this season where you're not able to tend to the book and you notice that the book you thought you were going to write is just not there anymore, I don't know that it's necessarily because you took too long to get to it. I actually think that that, that comes about when we have lived our life in such a way that the person we were becoming to get to that point in time might be interested in different things now. It may not, that book that we might have thought we were going to write five years ago when we started this season or two years ago or whenever it was, um, it really mattered then. Um, Something else was more important in the moment. And now that has shaped me and made me into someone who cares about something else now because of the experience of these last two or five or however many years or six months or however long your season is, that this time is shaping you and informing the person that you're going to become when this season ends and that what the invi- that there will be an invitation for you there that may be different than the invitation you assume will be there. And I guess the question of trust here in this place is like, Working with the question of whether that could be okay. Can you trust that? (laughs) If that were to happen, could you trust that it's okay if that happens? Because you will have another invitation to tend, another thing to do, maybe a different book. Um, And so, yeah, I just... So that's that. These are some of the things I want to offer you, and practically, is this m- mainly around this question of t- trust and the many layers of it. Trust in the place where you are right now. Trust in the possibility of what might emerge on the other side of this. Trust that the book could still be there. Trust that if it isn't there, that something else will be there. Um, and then the other thing I want to ask is: Is there anything right now in this season when you're not working on the book that feels? Um, valuable to you to do that could be some small tending. And this may not be an invitation for you. It may be that that doesn't feel right at all, that you feel like the invitation really is to set down the book and not worry about it and like kind of turn away from it. That's okay. But it's also possible for some when they're in this place to have some kind of a lifeline to the book that keeps them connected to it, helps them remember this part of their identity. Um, So just notice, is there any kind of an invitation for you around that idea? And what might that look like for you? Is it um, once a month you take yourself, you know, to some kind of an event that allows you to touch base with your writerly self or the part of you that is in, in, 
enlivened by the subject matter you think you're going to write about someday? Um, is it having um, a friendship with someone who knows that desire in you and you get to check in with them about that? Um, I don't know. I'm just making things up off the top of my head. But uh, is it something where, you know, once a week or on the weekday mornings or on the weekend, you let yourself journal about this uh, this book idea. And that's just a place that, that holds your thoughts and your heart for your book in the season when you're not able to do more with it. So just giving yourself an opportunity to notice, is there, is there room for you to do something like that? Is there a desire to do that? What might that look like for you? And I also want to offer to you episode 19 of the Book Whiffery podcast. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but that that episode is called When Your Book Project Isn't Going As Planned. And um, that episode is kind of geared toward people who started book pregnancy and maybe got stalled out for some reason, or the the season shifted in the middle of their book pregnancy. But I think there could be some value for you in that episode, just again, in terms of this framing and some of the questions you might ask yourself and how you might hold the reality of something being hard but necessary in in a certain season with your book. Okay. And then lastly, we're looking at when you know a book is coming down the road eventually, but you know that you have more prep work to do in the meantime. I was just uh, on Instagram last night um, messaging with a bunch of people around the, these three situations that, and asking people, you know, do you recognize yourself in any of them and what does that look like for you? And one of the responses I got was from a gal who is a business owner and she said, I know there's a book in my my approach to, my, to business. I want to write a book about some of the things that I am doing in my work, but I know the book will be much better a year from now because I will have worked that much longer in my business and putting into practice the things that the book is going to be talking about, getting more experience with that, more knowledge, more authority with that. She also said continuing to work with her clients will give her even more stories to bring into the book. And so I just love the wisdom of that of like, okay, there's something here. I know what it's about. I have some knowledge and expertise and authority, but if I wait just a little bit longer, it will be even better. (laughs) And so I think that's a great example of someone in this third stage. When you know a book is coming, you can see it down the road, but you have a little bit more prep work to do. And it might be that you're still working in the area of expertise that you are growing in, or it might be I need to work a bit more on my audience and my platform so that I have a bit more established authority in my field so that a publisher is is interested more in what I'm bringing to them. And also, the book has a greater chance of selling once it's out because I have people that would be interested and ready to receive it. So um, here's what I want to offer to you. Number one is to keep leaning into your work. And this is something you already know. You already know this. <laughs> you're, you're the one saying like, I know I need to wait because I have some more like foundation to lay in what I would be bringing to the book. So keep laying that foundation. Keep leaning into the work. Um, and then I think as you're doing that, I want to offer you some invitations. One is to notice what you're good at in your work. What are the things that people tend to comment on that they see you doing really well that like takes them, like takes their notice? What do you also notice for yourself that you're really good at, that there's an ease, that there's a joy, that there's, um, you just, you have a knack for, um, and I, I invite you to pay attention to that as one possible, um, area that might become a point of focus for the book. And 
<clears throat> one thing I talk a lot about in Bookwifery, my approach here is your voice and that your voice is not just how you sound on the page, but your voice is also and very much about what is it that you're bringing to the conversation space of your book, that the subject matter area that you're writing your book in, what is it that you're bringing that is like uniquely yours to bring? And I think that one place that you can start to learn what that is that will allow your book to have an angle or a thrust is this noticing what you're good at in your work. Like, what are the things that make you stand out? What are the things that make you really good at what you do? Um, uh, also, like noticing what people respond to. What do they find unique about what you do? What do they find um, about what you do as a person or what you do in your work? Um, I get this a lot here at Bookwifery. I get a lot of people responding to the discernment focus of my work at Bookwifery, and I know that that makes it kind of a, a distinctive marker, a, a distinctive contribution to this whole subject area of how to bring books into the world. There's like a whole industry around this, obviously. Um, one of the things that are, is unique in in my approach is this discernment piece and how much I value your personal discernment in every step of this process. And so I noticed that b- because I value it, but also I hear that a lot back from my from the authors that I work with is like, I really, I really love that in this space, I get to focus on discernment. Also notice what you deeply care about. What are the things that you feel like you would go to the mat for this in this area of your work? Um, So you have your work. It's like, there's all these things that you're tending in your work, your life's work. There's so many things that you could care about. What do you care about the most? (laughs) And letting yourself name that and own that and perhaps lean deeper into that. Because again, we are looking with book publishing. It's, you know, it's so much more than just a book, in my opinion, but it's so much about you having a specific message, a specific thing or things that you are about. And so this time right now is really a great time to be finding out what that is for you. Getting really clear. What is the, your what is your thing in this work? What is what are you about here? Um, and then the other thing I would name is just to start intentionally cultivating your audience in, you know, ways that grow your authority, that grow your reach. Um, this is something I'll tell you that I love talking about and thinking about and working with authors on um, because it's like so exciting that you get immediate access to your audience when you work on this. <laughs> you don't have to wait for a book to help people. You can start now. And um, and I name that enthusiasm and that excitement that I have in me because a lot of times authors feel differently about it. They feel the opposite of that. They feel like, Ugh, I got to work on my platform. Ugh, I got to I got to build my numbers on my email list or my, you know, subscribers and my followers. And I just don't want to be worrying about the numbers. Like I'm sure me saying that you are like maybe nodding your head and saying, yeah, I can identify with that. That is so natural for authors because it becomes like, probably because I think it communicates when you, when you know that you need to have a platform and you need to build an audience or grow an audience, it might make you feel almost like, um, like used or something um like like not only does it make your audience become just about numbers and it almost like it dehumanizes them to a number but it also might make you feel like 
you are only valuable for the numbers that you represent. And so it dehumanizes you as well. I could spend some time thinking more about that aspect of it. But um, like, I so get that. And I just want you to know, like, I am not interested in dehumanizing you or your audience. What I am interested in is um, helping you start to see the opportunity to extend the reach of what you care about so deeply into the lives of other people who could really use what that is. (laughs) And so it's like, it's all about helping. I come back to that a lot. I say general nonfiction books are books that help people in some way. And so you're finding out right now in this preparation place, like what is it that you deeply care about that matters? And the reason it matters is because you believe it would somehow make the world a better place, make other people's lives better, make humanity better. (laughs) And so you want to bring more of that into the world. One way that you want to do that is through a book. Another way that you get to do that is by like starting to find these other creative ways to bring that more and more into the world too, that are about, that, that have to do with this whole like audience and platform piece. So every time you write an article for a magazine, every time you give a talk at a, you know, community event, every time you give a workshop at a conference, every time you go on Instagram and write something, um, every time you put a blog post up on your website, like all of those are not about, I got to build my resume. I mean, they have that effect and that's good. It's really about who do I get to help with what this has to say? And how can I help like bring my passion for this topic and this area of focus to people that could really be guided, shaped, made their li- their lives made better, all of that. And so that's what this is about. And that's what, um, that's what you're really, um, part of the focus of this preparation place is about that. <laughs> and so, um, giving yourself some space to think about that, to consider where might I want to be doing that? What makes sense for the way that I'm made? What makes sense for where my audience is and what they respond to? How can I find some overlap between me and them so that we can meet in the middle in that place? Um, Okay, so a couple um, practical things for you there about leaning into your work, noticing what you're good at, what people respond to, what you really deeply care about, noticing and spending some time around the question of how might I bring this to people now in a way that helps me connect with those I actually want to serve with my book anyway, and how can I start serving them now, Um, which is really exciting to me. A couple practical things for you. Episode number three um, might be a good fit for you as well. It's titled Four Factors to Consider Before Birthing Your General Nonfiction Book. So that just talks more about some of the realities of book publishing and things that need to be in place for that to go well. And so it might be helpful for you to have that in your back, par- back pocket. And doing these things that I just mentioned can be good for you. I also want to invite you, invite all of you really, um, if it feels like a good fit for you, to consider starting with Book Whiffery's four-week book pregnancy planning course. Um, Taking that course does not necessarily commit you to book pregnancy right now. Um, it, It serves as a great 
I say it's a foundation. It's a great primer on the process of birthing a book. So it gives you a lot of information about the process. It helps you know what's important to be doing and what it will look like for you to be doing when you are when you are pregnant with a book. Um, how all of these things work together. What are the elements? What kinds of things to be mindful of? And you know you would be more than welcome to come into the Book With Free Collective by signing up for that four-week course, taking that course with us in January, getting immediate access to the collective, being a part of the, the events and the activities and the conversations that are happening there as you continue to go along. Um, particularly if you're in that third camp where you know a book is coming, but you have more work to do. The bookwifery process really supports that work that you need to be doing. <laughs> that clarifying of your message and what you deeply care about, the thinking about your audience and how you can meet them and be serving them and doing things with them and for them. Um, but I say all of this to say that I respect where you are. And this is not like is any kind of like pressure for you to come be with bookwifery. It's more about just know that that's an option for you if it feels like that could be helpful to you where you are. Um if it can help kind of shore you up, provide some buffering, provide some information, provide some space, some guardrails, some um, community, all of that. So that's available to you, bookwifery.com slash expecting, and I will put the link in the show notes as well. Um, and again, mentioning to the book with the book pregnancy test that's also available, the link will be in the show notes for that as well, that if you're just trying to figure out if you are pregnant with a book, that will be a great starting point for you. Okay, I think that's all I have for you today, but it was a lot. Thanks for hanging with me. I hope it was helpful. Blessings. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookwifery podcast. Show notes for each episode can be found at bookwifery.com slash podcast. I'd love to connect with you beyond the show. You can subscribe to my birth notes newsletter at bookwifery.com slash notes, where I share further details behind each week's episode, plus updates on all things bookwifery. My favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by searching bookwifery in the explore tab. And lastly, don't you just love this music? It's called Lights Dissolve and is produced by a musician named Elliot Middleton. Thanks again for listening.